Rabotai, we continue our study of the Taryag Mitzvot. We're up to Mitzvah number 206. And that is the negative commandment, It's a negative commandment that says in Parashat Aharimot that one is not allowed to marry two sisters, which means not only can he marry them can he not marry them at the same time? But even one after the other, so long as one of the sisters is still alive. I mean, even if he divorced the first one, he's not allowed to marry the second sister. The Pasuk says, Ve'isha el achota lotikach letzror legalot ervata aleha bechayeha. Perik Yudchet, Pasuk Yudchet, and Parashat Acharemot. The Torah says, Behayeha, to come and teach us that as long as they're alive. One of the sisters dies, however, there's no question about it, it is mutar to marry the other sister. Now, even if one marries one of the sisters and uh, goes uh, or goes with uh, one of the sisters, biznut, which means it's not even uh, uh, marriage, he goes with the other one after he married the first one. Or he just made kiddushin to the first one. It's still going to be asur. The main isur of it is once he marries the first one, the other sister is forbidden in all ways. Ben biznut uh, and of certainly ben isuin. Now what would be the shoresh? Why wouldn't the Torah allow us to marry two sisters? And the Sefer Haru gives us a practical reason here. Shekadosh Baruch yahpots b'shalom kol b'riyotav. Kadosh Baruch Hu and the Torah clearly promotes peace amongst its people. And certainly there are certain natural relationships where it's understood and expected that there's going to be a natural bond and peace and uh, unity amongst these people, namely siblings. You don't want to make in one family disputes and competition. And therefore, the Torah knew that if a person is going to have a marriage of two sisters, so there's going to be a lot of strife and competition and rivalry. And therefore, not to break up a family which has a natural unity built in, so the Torah forbid it. The laws of this have a few. Number one, it doesn't matter whether it's a sister from the mother or a sister from the father. Whether it's a paternal sister or maternal sister, once he marries one, the other one is forbidden. Now the rabbis over here stepped in and they made what's called geder. We're learning this as we've been studying Parashat Arayot the past couple of weeks. We've learned that when the rabbis step in, they make what's called shiniyot. Shiniyot means secondary fences in order to protect the, the Oraita offense. Well, the fence that they made here is twofold. The case is Achot Zekukato. Let's explain the case. A person who had uh, a brother and he died and he did not leave children. So now he's obligated to marry that wife, his sister-in-law, or to make halitza. Now, in the interim, 
this lady is called his zikuka. There's a natural biblical connection that either has to be consummated in a yibum or has to be broken with a halitza. So once already she becomes zakuk to the brother of the deceased, her sister automatically becomes forbidden to the brother. That's called ahot zekukato. Now, even though in the Torah it's permissible, but the Torah as a fence, that means even though he didn't do anything to this girl, he didn't make kiddushin to her, he didn't make the suinta, it's just zekuka. She's just falling to him. He has to do something. But that Chamim stepped in and said that her sister now is going to be forbidden as well. Similarly, Let's say he actually went forward and he made a halitza on this lady. Therefore, she's considered rabbinically divorced. And therefore, just like if a person uh, was married and divorced, one girl cannot marry the sister as long as it's alive. Over here, the rabbi stepped in and said, After he finished the halitza, the sister is going to be Asur as well. This law applies in all places at all times. If somebody transgresses this lot uh, and went with the sister, whether he had Nisuin, whether it was Znut, as long as the first sister that he married is alive, if he did this Bemezid, Hayav Karet. And if there was Edim, and hatra'ah, warning, then the punishment is malkut. Of course, Beshogeg brings korban hatat. If he went with ahot zukukato or ahot halutzato, he gets malkut, but it's only malkut medrabanan, because they don't hurt any less than malkut de oraita. However, Rabotah, we must point out that even when a person uh, marries ahot ishto, it's not really considered marrying. Because once he marries, let's say, the first girl, the second marriage is not a marriage. Because we have a rule that says that any time somebody makes a kiddushin or a nisuin with one of the arayot, the kiddushin is not tofis. Which means this is a case where it's clearly arayot. The punishment is isur karet. So the hadush over here is... It's not that he's married to the second sister. In that marriage is batel mutan. It never got out of the box. And therefore he's allowed to go back to his first wife. I mean, we don't say that once he made nisuin to the sister, that he can't go back to his first wife. He can. Because that kiddushin really has no, has no bearings. And the, for the Hanuk writes that, Ela ishto muteret lo, vezot telechla. There's not the second one, Telechla. It doesn't even get. Telechla meaning without any type of a divorce. Why? Because again, En Kiddushin Tofsin Kiritut, which is Arayot. Now, obviously, the big question that they have on this mitzvah is Yaakov Abinu Shalom that married two sisters. The basic three answers that they give on this one is the famous answer of the Ramban that says, that primarily the Avot kept the Torah when living in Eretz Israel, Because that's the main place where the mitzvot should be observed. However, outside of Eretz Israel, they didn't keep it in such, a, in such a way. 
<coughs> and therefore Yaakov Abinu, when he married his two sisters, the wives, his two wives that were sisters, he married that by Laban's house. Laban was in Aram, that's in Hoslaares, <coughs> and therefore they didn't have that uh, stringency. Now furthermore, the Rambam points out that when they came back to Eretz Yisrael, the second they got back to Eretz Yisrael, the second wife, which was the wife that would be Asur according to the Torah, which is Rachel, died. And therefore, when Yaakov came back to Eretz Yisrael, he was only really married to one of the sisters. That is one approach. The Maharal has a different approach, and he comes along and says that how did the Avot keep the Torah? How did they know what to keep and what not to keep? Ruach HaKodesh. So they were being guided by the divine inspiration. Well, Maral says, in this case, Yaakov had a clear Ruach HaKodesh that told him that in this case you need to marry two sisters because it is from these ladies that the Shivatim are going to uh, descend from. So therefore, he uses Ruach HaKodesh to override the other Ruach HaKodesh. It's as if he got a... Uh, uh, a dispensation because the Torah was telling him that in this case you need to do it in order to create Klai So he was working with the same Ruach HaKodesh that allowed him to keep the mitzvot, the same Ruach HaKodesh told him that it should be suspended. Finally, the answer that's brought down by the Sefarim as well is that when Yaakov Abinu took these two sisters, they were Goyim or Goyot, they came from Laban Arami, and he had to convert them. And we have a law that says that and therefore, once they convert, they have no connection to each other. It's like they're just born. So therefore, technically, Rachel is not Le'a's sister, although biologically it's the sister, but it's not halakhically the sister, because again, they're just born, fresh out of the womb. And therefore, Yaakov would have no problem when it comes to this. But nonetheless, again, as we said, these laws... Just underscore that even though one might have thought, what's the matter of marrying two sisters? But here you see that the Torah is saying it's important to keep shalom amongst the families, and we don't want Hadva Shalom, this marriage of two sisters, to cause strife and jealousy. Amen. <laughs>